0: And welcome to the Cannon Cast, a Columbus Blue Jackets podcast on the Fans First Sports Network, brought to you by The Cannon. Visit jacketscannon.com to join other Blue Jackets fans in being sad and angry and talking our way through it. I'm your host, PD. The gang's all here. We were desperate for news, we wanted the Jackets to do something, anything. And I know that usually when we get too picky about that, then they do something we don't like. So uh, that happened again. Mike Babcock, widely reported to be the next Columbus Blue Jackets head coach. Not official yet. We'll get into that later. Uh, But Darren Drager was the first one to break that news on Saturday. And we have all been coping with that over the last few days in our own way. So to start, uh, let's just... One word to describe how you're feeling about this at the moment. Uh, Josh, we'll start with you. Indifferent. Okay. Dale? Conflicted. Okay. Seeds? Frustrated. Okay. And uh, we're here for the hot takes of Seeds. Go ahead and uh, let loose on what you're feeling about this. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I have been thinking long and hard because I knew you were going to ask me this question in exactly this way and I I walked the dog earlier and I've been thinking long and hard about how I wanted to respond to it. And I guess I this is where I've landed. I've when I I, mean, I guess I should break down how I found out about this news in the first place is that I was sitting poolside at a wedding or any venue waiting for a wedding and I was reading a book about Mad Max Fury Road and I put, I finished a chapter and I just opened Twitter real quick. And I had, and I saw the tweet that was like the speculation around the Memorial cup is that Babcock's going to be the next head coach. And I was like, well, this is fake. Like, this is a like, you know, someone's taking advantage of Elon's Twitter to tweet fake news and <laughs> make it. And, and then, uh, Pagnota, uh, the, at the fourth period tweeted something like five minutes later that was like, welcome back Babs hashtag CBJ. And I was like, Oh no, this is real. And I was like, And I went into like existential crisis mode because of all the baggage that Babcock becomes that comes with it, and we'll—I'm sure we'll all get into that. But over the last few days, where I've landed is this is a desperate move by a desperate organization that desperately wants to be relevant again, and this is their hail mary swing to make it work out. Be damned what it does to the kids. To I'm specifically worried about Cole Sillinger here but the this is their this is their move the start of their moves to be playoff relevant again rush this rebuild again and do this whole thing again it feels like the same song and dance that we saw with Ken Hitchcock that we saw with John Tortorella that this team is rushing their rebuilding process again they're going to you know not really do their do the rebuild right again and this is probably going to blow up in their face again because this is what the blue jackets are and this is what we do and this is just you know I'm frustrated that we are going through this again I'm frustrated that we're going through it with this uh I mean there's no way to put it other than abuser again you know we're we're you know he's for all the for all the baggage that John Tortorella brought including trying to fight the Calgary Flames locker room he never did anything reported that's been reported that I'm aware of as bad as mm-hmm. what Mike Babcock has done and is reported to have done to his young players. I mean, all you have to do is go read Franzen's comments about how Mike Babcock made him afraid to report to the rink. And the fact that the blue jackets felt that a guy who did, who behaved that way, who has won one playoff series since, I mean, he's, he's got, he's got, if you look at it black and white, he's got an incredible resume. You know, he's won a Stanley Cup, won gold at Worlds, one gold at the Olympics, that Rick Nash was on that team, all that. Take, you know, when he's not coaching that all-star team in Canada, and when he doesn't have the best defenseman, uh, all due respect to Bobby Orr, for my money, when he doesn't have the best defenseman in NHL history on his roster, he's won one playoff series. And this is who we're hitching our wagon to. This is your home run hire to try and be desperate and save, save the future of the franchise. I guess that's where you're gonna land. Um, sure, I don't think it's going to work out. I will not be giving this franchise one dime while he is the head coach of the team because I will not support his antics and his actions. And I just will wait until this blows up and we move on. And pro- not just from Babcock, but probably from Yarmo. So that's that, those are my thoughts on it. I, I, can't, I can't be angry because I am just disappointed that we are here again.
3: The, the really sad part about this is that Mike Babcock is going to automatically be the best coach in Columbus Blue Jackets history. Um, and I don't mean that as necessarily a good thing. Um, no, but I was frustrated to, to use Seeds' word um, when the news first broke. My, my initial reaction was, hey, at least it's not Joel Quinville. Because um, that probably yeah. would have been the only hire that would have been worse. Um, but no, I, I agree that that this is a, um, this is a swing for the fences by Yarmo. Um, Yarmo is probably a little bit on the hot seat from his uh, Larson hire, which was just, ended up being a disaster. Um and if he hits a home run, then it has the potential to um, give us the best, probably stretch of hockey that we've ever seen in, in franchise history. Um, but it also has the chance to completely blow up in, uh, in everyone's face. If um, Mike Babcock is the same Babcock as, as he was in, in Detroit and in Toronto, um, you know, if you take all that off the table, um, which which I know that you can't do, but if you look at pure the the pure on ice um, aspect of it, um, th- we're going to see a better team. Um, right. This is a good coach. Um, this is a coach that um, you know. You can argue maybe he'll never win us a Stanley Cup, um, but he's an X's and O's coach. Um, something that John Tortorella never was something that Brad Larson never was. Um, you know, you see what happened to the Maple Leafs um, as soon as they hired him. Um, a, he took a very, very bad team, um, a roster full of guys that I've never heard of in my life. Um, and they made them a positive coursey team. Um, yeah. You know, so I think that's something that we can look forward to. Um, but let's just, let's hope and pray that, that, Yarmo has a plan in place, which I I can only imagine that he does. Him and J.D. don't strike me as the type that would just kind of go into this without some sort of plan. Um, And I I would certainly hope that throughout the process, Mike Babcock has has shown that he's um, at least willing to be held accountable, Um, you know, that we'll see what happens, I guess. And, and we're, the unfortunate thing is that if anything does go wrong, we're not going to notice it right away. So it's just going to be probably a couple years of years of us just wondering. Um, and, you know, if reports start coming out or, or not, we'll, we'll see.
0: Yeah. Uh, Josh, you said that you were indifferent, which seemed like the most positive of the answers. So what, what, are, what are you, uh, what goes into that feeling? Well,
1: well, from the start, I mean, he—he he was not my first choice, um, but I mean, with that being said, I knew from the start. Obviously, I've, we don't have any say in it. I'm not going to start stop rooting for the Blue Jackets. Um, uh, my thought was, it, it like I think Seed said it was a desperation hire where Yarmo knows he's picking a coach for his job, um, and he probably will give us some, a few good years of good hockey, get him back to the playoffs, I would imagine, at least be in contention. Uh, that seems to be all that is required from management in order to keep your job. So, I mean, in that sense, it may have been a smart hire since, like we all said, he's going to give us more disciplined hockey. Um, the team will be competitive, be ready to play. And my whole thing, like, yeah, his his resume is there. Um, Stanley Cup. The hope at this point, you just have to pray that you're going to get a better version of that and the best version of him. Uh, Cause that's really the only chance that they have to really get over the hump with him. They'll be better, but I mean, I don't see him unless something's changed as being the guy to get them, you know, to the promised land and get the cup.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I, I do wonder about, you know, what kind of coach he is now because it's been almost four years since he was fired by Toronto in that time. He spent like half a season coaching the university of Saskatchewan and, you know, Canadian college hockey is not a very high level of hockey. That's below NCAA that's below major juniors, you know, that's, and he only again lasted like one year. And then had indicated like a year ago that he was done coaching. So I'm curious as to what changed. I'm curious as to, you know, what has been his level of engagement with the sport. Can he keep up with how the game has evolved? You know, I I was encouraged by the article that Dale posted on Monday morning, and I'll, I'll link that in the show notes. Uh, I didn't realize that he had had that kind of positive impact. Uh, On Toronto's underlying numbers, I knew that that team in 2016 was really, really bad because they were tanking for Matthews. And in a 2021 interview, Babcock like flat out stated it that yeah, we were trying to be bad so they get off the Austin Matthews. But the fact that that team was able to hold their own in the possession battle, which is something the Jackets have not been able to do since you know Panarin left, basically, Uh, and with talent on the roster. Yeah, and that says a lot about sort of Babcock's system and his mindset, and if he can get a bunch of scrubs to play that way. If you look at the talent that we have, which is you know more than the 2016 Leafs had, um, and in some ways I think we're maybe more in line with uh, that 2017 team, which I'm not saying that we have a, a Matthews-type player or even a Marner-type player, certainly not among our prospects, but we've got Goudreau, we've got Liney, we've got Ken Chance, we've got Kirill Marchenko, maybe Leo Carlson if he's the pick. You know, uh there there is young talent there to work with. Um, so I'm I think we could be uh and if we could stay healthy too, even just being healthy, I think would give us another ten points from last year. Uh and this could get us up into the, you know, respectable middle, uh sort of the maybe where Detroit was this year, for example, something like that, which is what the team needs. Uh, We do need to take that step forward, um, but it's like, is that worth it given the baggage that it comes with? And um, did any of you guys happen to watch the video that was going around over the weekend? Uh, Babcock had sat down in February of 2021 with Sportsnet uh, with Christine Simpson. And um, it was an interview where he addressed the, the Mitch Marner stuff, the Johan Franzen stuff. Did I? Uh, any of you guys watch that one?
3: I watched it. I watched a little bit of it, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to post that uh, in the show notes as well. It's worth watching. Uh, I know some people posted that and were like, oh yeah, see, he addressed it. It's all good. Um, that was not I mean, the
2: reaction I had.
0: N- no, not for me either. I He did at least, he acknowledged the incidents, so it's not like he was trying to shy away from it talking about it or deny that it happened, but there was not the contrition there that I would want to see. So I really hope that once we get him in front of the Columbus media, that they can step up and really put his feet to the fire and ask some hard questions. And I want to hear some, some difficult answers from him. I I want to hear him, owning up to it and address what happened. And then also acknowledge what has he learned from it? What is he going to do different going forward? You know, I had my concerns when the torts announcement happened, but I remember that at torts introductory press conference, I was struck by him being a much more mellow version of torts than I expected. I remember the guy yelling at Larry Brooks, the guy trying to fight all of Calgary Um, But that's not who came to Columbus. He was humbled. He was, he owned up to what he did wrong in Vancouver. He was embarrassed by what he did wrong in Vancouver. And there were still parts of, you know, vintage torts in Columbus, but, um, but he was, he was different. He had changed. There were some new things that he was willing to embrace uh, in terms of the style of play. And, you know, ultimately he had his he had his players back and it doesn't seem like Babcock has ever been the guy to stand up for his players necessarily. It's it's or to he, show
2: contrition. He yeah. he didn't even take ownership of those things in that five minute Sportsnet interview where he was like, you know, these things may have happened. And if you in if they happen, you need to take ownership. But also if they don't, then why should you? It's it was a lot of mealy mouth. Yeah. Nothing from him. And I would I don't even frankly I don't care about his answers at the introductory press conference. I want to hear from Yarmo and JD of what they saw in this guy's interview that they thought made him the guy. Yeah. Did they did, that's what I more care about because he was run out of Toronto because of issues with younger players and pitting the locker room against itself. Yeah. And this is a team currently going through a massive youth movement. With you know, presumably one of Leo Carlson or Will Smith being drafted this year, um, you know, you've got Kent Johnson who's young. Cole Sillinger just struggled the hell out of last yeah. season, and I am, I, I know I mentioned it earlier, but I am significantly worried for that kid's future because he's very clearly struggled with confidence last year. And you're going to bring in this guy to try and build him up. I'm, I don't feel good about that i'm just going to be honest
0: well i'll push back on that a little bit and um we got some insight in the comments today from uh tea leaf uh who is a jackets fan lives in columbus but is also a maple Leafs fan and and he you know addressed some of the uh maybe narratives about uh babcock in toronto and one thing was Babcock did play the kids, and I looked up the numbers from.
2: That's cool season- that he played the kids, but he still treated them terribly. Oh no! no that, I and mean, that's I'm, I'm, my concern: is I'm, I don't care, <laughs> I don't care, I don't care that he played the kids. It's what he did to the kids, and look, like Cole Sillinger needs his confidence rebuilt, and I don't trust Babcock to do that. I don't think I'm wrong for doing for saying that.
0: No, I, but I think that you know one one way that you can build up his confidence is by putting him in a better system, and also giving him the minutes when he's playing well, which... You know Matthews and Marner and Nylander and Morgan Riley—they were playing well that season. That they were all together, and their time on ice reflected that. We're also but also, Matthews. what if
2: he struggles? Is he going to make him afraid to come to the rink?
0: Well, and yeah, that's and that's a fair question. We have to see that uh, for sure.
2: I'm not. I'm not. I'm basically my where I am, and I'll I'll leave this for Josh and Dale. Is I refuse to give him the benefit of the doubt. He sure. Has, and I and I'm not going to sit here and just say he's going to he's going to give to the kids the minutes he's going to build their confidence no i'm i'm not going to i don't believe it until i see it i don't i'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt
0: yeah no and i think that's a fair approach i think part of what i'm trying to do today is um sort of rationalize the hire to myself um you know 2 years ago i had written a post you know comparing the the five stages of grief to me uh dealing with the larson hire um so i'm not going to go back and and rehash that gag but I do feel like I was trying to look for you know acknowledging the bad stuff and it it is bad stuff is history and we can't run away from that we can't necessarily justify that he needs to answer for it but you know it is what it is there and if he's going to be the coach then I need to know well what is going to happen on the ice and so I think you know what Dale posted is interesting today um and I'm curious to to see what the young players can do on the ice. And, you know, there was certainly some, you know, instant production from guys like Austin Matthews, but yeah. And to the confidence point, maybe that's part of why maybe Mitch Marner still hasn't shaken some of his issues, you know, especially in the playoffs where things, you know, he kind of wilts under pressure sometimes. So, you know, is that lingering effect from Babcock, you know, who knows the other thing I I want to address here, uh, Josh Dale, you guys can, can answer this one and also chime in on the other thoughts if you want. But, uh, Babcock has not been officially named the head coach because uh, he is still under contract with Toronto. That contract does not expire until the end of the month. And uh, it has been reported that the jackets and Maple Leafs have still not been able to come to any sort of agreement on this, which and this whole thing just seems bizarre to me that this is even a thing for a coach that was fired four years ago. But that's the case. So, you know, back not going to be around for the draft. He's going to be, be officially hired on the first day of free agency. Uh, we'll see if the jackets hire a goalie coach and maybe any other assistance prior to him being officially named. Um, th- this is weird, right guys? Like this, this is, should not be the case, right?
1: It's so weird. Like, is it, is it a petty, like vindictive thing where they don't want to grant him the release? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very weird. I also thought it was hilarious that I think it was in Portsline most recent, uh, one of his more recent articles, it was a closing in on a coach, likely candidates. Babcock was in the unlikely He wasn't in the not, not going to happen category, but did seem unlikely. So I think that is where part of like most people felt a gut punch because it was like, well, why are they interviewing him in the first place? Right. But at least it's not going to happen. Um, I don't know if that shows like our beat writers out of the know there, but uh, that's what surprised me the most about it, is that I had kind of written it off, I'm like, "Oh, well, I don't have to worry about it." Um, but yeah, the whole Toronto thing, not not granting him uh, with a month left, is really weird. I don't know what to make of it, honestly.
3: Yeah, you know I mean, you who know? know? Yeah, who knows what 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 the deal is? I think the strangest thing is that the Blue Jackets and the Maple Leafs weren't able to come to some, some sort of agreement. So I, I did the math and I, Mag Babcock is due some crazy number, like $500,000 a month from the Maple Leafs.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and so this month, June, he's still owed at least $500,000 by the Maple Leafs. Um, and who knows, there could be some sort of clause in the contract that says, you know, he can't sign another contract with another team. Um, this is some weird contractual issues there but you know of course you got a new brand new gm in toronto mm-hmm. who's who's busy so it could just be one of those things where the maple Leafs are like you know what we don't have time to deal with this right now you're just going to have to wait and deal with it um so it is strange though i mean I, I'll, I'll give you that
0: yeah and you know they would have had to have given permission for us to interview him so they they did that already Um, And then, yeah, it's a matter of, you know, we would have to foot the extra 500,000 and McConnell doesn't want to do that. Or I don't know if there's anything that has to do with, you know, Canadian labor law, because I know at least in the U.S., non-compete clauses and things like that are considered pretty much non-enforceable at this point. So um, it's weird that this is a thing. Uh, I would like the league to step in on it because I think this is, it looks, it's a bad look for coaches. You know, uh, there, another bad look this year, I thought, was the fact that, um, you know, Andrew Burnett went off the market. He was the first coach to come off the market. And it was announced that he was going to Nashville. I'm like, wait a minute. Nashville doesn't have an opening. You know, they didn't officially fire John Hines until they had hired Andrew Burnett. Um, and basically like, and they told Hines to, to, to their credit, they told him that they were going to look around, but like they were interviewing coaches before they had fired the coach that they had. Um, and all that is, I think that's ugly behavior. I think so. Um, I, I like to see the league step in on that. You know, there was the thing where, you know, we had to give Vancouver a second round pick when we hired
3: torts you and know, the, the, the NHL turned around and immediately changed the rule. That yeah, and they realized oh that's stupid. Now,
0: now, not enough to you know like give us our pick back or right. not do that. They didn't do it retroactively, but like, why, why is this thing that is so silly? Like, uh, or you know, even if you have to like, oh, our contract won't go into effect until July first. But like, Toronto could just go ahead and let us sign the contract. Let him start working or whatever. It's just. And it's so it seems so blue jackets <laughs> that there's something additional that is messed up about this. Uh, it's peak I mean, blue jackets. It is peak, yeah. And and I agree with what you're saying, you know, uh, what what all you have said too about this is, you know, Yarmo really putting his neck on the line to, you know, you mentioned the book that you're reading seeds. I'm just picturing like yarmo spraying that silver crap on his face and shouting you know witness me as he just drives this team down the desert and uh probably into his uh it likely doom uh but oh god it yeah is, another yeah.
3: thing too that's strange and this isn't official yet um it was tweeted out by a couple of different people i think um aaron Portsline um today said that he had heard that mike babcock was getting four years. Um, Again, not official, Um, so that could very well end up not being the case. Um, But four years would also be strange Um, because that is a long time if something bad happens. You know, Maple Leaf signed him for, what, eight years? Um, And then the situation Mm -hmm. that they got into, um, you know, I would have thought two or three years. Um, So We'll find out more information about that later on. But um what strikes me that with the other options that were on the table, um, you know, Andrew Brunette, um, obviously Nashville though, it seemed like a preferred destination for him. Um, you have Laviolette. Laviolette's still sitting on the table. The Rangers um reportedly are very interested in Heinz. So if they Which if is hiring, walkers. Hines, that is so much sitting out there.
0: What, what has John Hines done? He has been mid at best at two different stops now. Like, the only reason Nashville even made the playoffs under him is because they have UC Stars. Like, what are these teams thinking? Like, at least when we go with free trades, they're guys that have won Stanley Cups, like Ken Hitchcock or John Tortorella or whatever, or Mike Babcock now. But, like, John Hines? <laughs> really? Come
1: on. Has any players that actually played for Babcock, you know, on his NHL team, come out in support of him? I've seen like they mentioned that Rick Nash may have played a role since he uh, won a couple gold medals with him, and I saw that uh, Marty Buran was on TSN on Jay Onrate, basically almost gushing over Babcock, saying. You know, he's a great fit for the Blue Jackets. He uh, thinks he's a great person, um, which is so weird to hear, you know, someone who's played with, played under him say that about him. When we've heard the complete opposite. Like, how is it on, you know, both ends of the spectrum there? Is it just guys who have played with him, you know, internationally and a little bit, uh, they don't get to see that side of him? Does he wear out his welcome, you know, after throughout the stretch of an entire year? but I just was curious if anyone had heard any support of him from anyone who's actually played on his team. I haven't seen
2: anything publicly. Um, Portsline's latest article said that um, Roman Polak, um, who was a defenseman for the Leafs from 15 to 18, and he's now with the Blue Jackets as an amateur scout. Um, Reportedly the Blue Jackets like talked to him and got his input about Babcock. Now, Granted, he wasn't the year. He wasn't there the last year when everything blew up, but he was presumably around for some of the stuff that went down in Toronto. So, um, I guess that I guess it's worth taking that into account. But like I said, I haven't seen anything publicly where players are like, "Yeah, it's good that Babcock is getting another chance." I haven't seen any of that.
0: Yeah, and I think that's you know a key distinction to be made when people are comparing like the Babcock hire to the Torts hire. Like, say what you will about torts, but aside from Sean Avery, torts is pretty much universally loved or at least respected by all of his former players. I mean, like, even a guy like PLD that he clearly clashed with won't say anything bad about torts publicly. Um, but you don't see that degree of loyalty with Babcock. Now, he pointed out in his that Sportsnet interview that, you know, uh, Steve Eiserman played for him and Steve Eiserman hired him to be the Team Canada coach. And, you know, Brandon Shanahan played for him and he hired him to coach in Toronto. So obviously there's, you know, some guys that that see that. Um, Yeah. Marty Baron, of course, is a former Blue Jacket, too. Let's not forget that. I've got a uh, Barron signed hat here in my collection. Um, But yeah, that I I, you don't see a ton of support for backup for the players, which does
3: does worry me a little bit. You know what I want to see out of all of this is I really want to see a Blue Jackets Red Wings playoff series Ooh. where the Red Wings are back in the playoffs for the first time in how many years and the Blue Jackets with Mike Bab- Babcock sweep them <laughs> that would be kind of icing on the cake for, for all of this.
0: Uh, that would make it all worth it for me, honestly. <laughs> uh... All right, so that is uh, about all the time we have today. We have, I'm sure, a lot more thoughts that we'll have over the coming weeks about Babcock. Certainly a lot more to talk about after there's the uh, the press conference sometime in July. Uh, yes, yeah, Seeds?
2: I just wanted to give a shout-out on a completely unrelated note um, yeah. for the for this podcast. Shout-out to uh, James Malatesta for winning um, a yeah. World Cup MVP on Sunday night. Um, Blue Jackets prospect. Just wanted to shout-out that... It's cool to see a guy who was drafted late um, step up and really like play extremely well, um, lead his team to uh, Memorial, the Memorial Cup. So shout out to James Malatesta.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. It's cool to see Jackets prospects here in recent years, a lot of mid-round guys that have blossomed after we drafted them. That's a really encouraging sign. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to a uh, friend of the pod, Allison Lucan, who won an Emmy over the weekend as part of the uh, Kraken uh, pregame and postgame broadcast. Which, I mean, the Kraken broadcast is one of the best in the league, so so credit for that. Um, and the last thing I wanted to cover before we go, uh, just real quick, from each of you as we're recording it, Game Two is underway between Vegas and Florida. So, uh, any uh, what, what are your Stanley Cup picks here? And how many games do you think this is going to go, uh, Seeds?
2: Um, given that I've already seen one game, I'm taking Vegas in six. Um, I think Bob Rossi's going to come back to earth, and apparently Aiden Hill has taken on his superpowers.
0: Okay, Dale?
3: You know, Vegas has uh, brought me back down to earth a little bit. Um, I'm still putting faith in the Panthers that they can pull this off in seven.
1: All right, Josh? Uh, I'm rooting for Bob. I think though, I think they're going to get the Gentleman's sweep from Vegas, and I'm going to say Vegas in five.
2: Yeah, I just yeah, want good. to shout out uh, Mark Stone literally just scored <laughs> to put oh, Vegas up one God. nothing.
1: All right, was it
0: was it Stone or was it Marciusso that got credit for it? I just oh saw- yeah, that's going to be Marciusso, I think. Yeah. So uh, who is on my playoff fantasy team. So I can, I still have an outside chance of winning the league, but it's going to require jam uh, going nuts here in this series. So I'm hoping it goes six or seven. So it gives them more opportunity to put up some points. Uh, but yeah, I would agree with you though. I think it's going to be uh, Vegas in six, but uh, it's a, it's a great series and one I'm looking forward to watching. So uh, that will do it for us this week. Uh, again, shout out to our paid subscriber of the week, the aforementioned T leave 28. We really appreciate him uh, starting to become more of a Jackets fan. Than the least fan here in recent years. And uh, he's a valuable part of the community. So thank you to him. Thank you to everyone from listening. And if you want to read all the comments and read the thoughts of Jackets fans, go to jacketscanon.com If you want to share your own thoughts, you can sign up for free and join in the comments and share your thoughts. Cause there's a lot to talk about. And there's a lot we will continue to be talking about for weeks months to come but uh thanks everyone for listening we'll catch you next time for more content from the canon check out jacketscanon.com or follow us on twitter at cbj if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts our theme music's the song green eyes by angela purley and the howland moons angela's new album turn me loose is out now go to dot for more music and show
2: dates